Welcome back to Dealing With It, a podcast about rolling with the punches. This is usually a mother and son podcast, uh, and I guess still is, but the mother is in the Big Apple, mm-hmm. and so it is a son podcast today with <laughs> oh. some very special <laughs> guests, though, Yeah. Um, returning to the show. Um, that's me, Katie. Katie Macbeth. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, my two sister-in-laws have been so kind to join us today, uh, so from directly who's in front of me is Natalie. Yes, that's me. Yeah. And then uh, Jess. Yep. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out here and to our studio. Of course. And yeah, we're going to be talking about sort of just uh, being a, a partner in grief and, mm-hmm. and, and in the process of um, being around. Like, so when my dad was dying, you guys were all right at the yeah. heart of it mm-hmm. and stuff too. And so... Yeah, I just kind of want to pick your brains on on that because for us, I know for Sam and Eric and I, you know, it, it's an incredibly, it's just overwhelmingly huge of something going on and stuff too. But for you guys being really right at the heart of it and really on the inside of it, but also mm-hmm. having a bit of space, you know, where it's like, okay, it's not, it's not my dad. I don't mm-hmm. know where to go. Initially going into this, um, I don't know, like how, on, as an overview, uh, how, how was handling that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tough question. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah. a lot of complexity. I, I, well, so that. I was looking up, I was looking things up about like being a partner in grief. And a mm-hmm. lot of it was like finding where your, your boundaries are, finding where things are. But as we all know that real life doesn't always have those uh, areas of opportunity to be like, Sam just needs his alone Those time. clearly <laughs> defined yeah. spaces. Yeah, because so black and white in yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah, because so Natalie, you and Eric were planning a wedding. Yeah. And Jess, you and Sam at the time, Ernie was two years old. Yeah. So life keeps moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, but so for, for you guys, what sort of groove did you find to, to sort of fall in with each other? And uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, a little background about myself. So my grandmother died of cancer um, in 2013. And so I kind of saw a lot of the same things going on with your dad, with Sam, Mm -hmm. um, from when I went through it with my grandma. And so uh, Eric and I dated right before uh, Sam got sick. And so our entire relationship, all four years of it was Mm -hmm how do we support your dad in this? And also how do we support each other and try to figure each other out and Mm -hmm. be there for each other? And so it was, it was interesting as being a part of that life. Um, when your dad got really sick, um, I kind of took on that role of, okay, so this is normal. This is, this kind of stuff happens. Mm -hmm. Um, when I experienced this, this is kind of what I saw and this is what you're seeing and this is totally normal. And so Mm kind of walking through, his because he doesn't have that kind that of point experience. of reference yeah because you didn't yeah. you haven't had another family member die I mean, grandparents you know but like that's sort of the agreed upon thing when you're growing up is that yeah. your grandparents pass away yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so it was it's so different being like these this outside person and so it was a lot of walking him through and helping him I'm a, I'm a talker and so <laughs> I help him like talk through okay now how are you feeling and what are you seeing mm-hmm. and how does this affect you in this way and so yeah, yeah. that's kind of where I sunk in and observed from the side and if he needed me I was there but um, not interfered because he needed to understand what was going on and be a part mm. of his family because what I didn't want is to overstep and take him away from his family at this moment right. because this is very yeah. important for you guys. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a really big part for myself and for Sam was, you know, we were just starting our life together mm-hmm. at this point in right. time. Yeah. You know, the day after we told your parents that we were pregnant, yeah. he was diagnosed. Like they got the call and yeah. it's back. Yeah. And so we were just starting, and one of the things that was really hard, I mean, honestly, it was really hard because we were just starting, um, we'd been married just over a year, and now this kind of all-consuming thing Mm. happens Mm -hmm. and it you know we were just kind of finding our groove you know the first year of marriage is pretty rough sometimes Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know you're reconciling two completely different humans that are now you're merging lives yes yeah Yeah. Yeah. and so um just we were you 
in a groove and then this huge bomb goes off and mm-hmm. and um you know one thing that i found my it was kind of interesting because normally i would be you know to be honest i'd be entirely selfish mm-hmm. and say no we're gonna stay home we're gonna do family stuff we need to do this and mm-hmm. and i had a lot going on i was pregnant i was in school yeah um, but Sam really needed to be at home. You know, mm-hmm. he needed to be with his brothers. He needed to be with his mom. He needed to be with his dad. And and that f- that kind of first year, um, we we tried to do that as much as possible. And I, you know, tried to give as much space as possible to allow for that. And and it was different because um, I was still new to the family. I mean, I've been around yeah. and I'd known you guys for a while, yeah. but. Um, but now all of this change went off and it, it's one of those things where, you know, you're close and you get closer. Mm-hmm. But when you're kind of a peripheral to the to that close knit yeah. group or you're you're just now getting yourself into it, it's not always the same. Mm-hmm. And so just allowing that to happen and knowing that he needed that space to be with family and, you know, our time would come, <laughs> you know, we yeah, would yeah, have yeah, a right, date right. night or mm-hmm. or whatever. Um that was that was one thing that Sam really needed. Um, he works nearby, and so he he would go over for lunch pretty frequently. You know, like yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and just just being supportive in that, and um, letting him have those those moments because you know, especially as things got further along, we knew that they were limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. And I, I have a similar story to Natalie because um, we started dating about three months before he was re-diagnosed. So we um, really, really was that close. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was that close. Yeah. Um, I do remember it was pretty soon. Um, and yeah, so from, from the get go, it was kind of like this relationship had that sort of weight yeah. hanging over it. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, especially for us, just because we were the farthest physically away from the family, we didn't have as much time to go um, check in on them throughout those first couple of years. But once once he was in hospice, it was like we were there twice a week if we could. Yeah, yeah, as often as you can. Because that was definitely the thing that like, yeah, so from the, the, the time that he got re-diagnosed with cancer and that we that were terminal started getting thrown around mm-hmm. and stuff from that point till he passed away it was three almost four years yeah, yeah. or so and so yeah I, I know for myself and i think just for all of us you know it's like there's this looming thing over our heads of like yeah. time is ticking but also three years you get into some sort of pattern with life yeah. and you get a routine going but then you get a, a call that's like oh something we're taking a dip it's like okay okay all right mm-hmm. reevaluate readjust yeah yeah and uh and yeah, so I guess most of our relationship was uh, mm-hmm. that was just a factor in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, and same with you and Eric and yeah. stuff. And I don't but, know about you guys, but I remember um, right after Sam died, um, Eric and I just kind of looked at each other and we said, okay, how do we do a relationship now that we don't have this that we've been dealing yeah. with for a while? Yeah. And so having to re find ourselves and figure out how we can just be us now and not us taking care of your dad yeah totally yeah for i know for us Mm -hmm. our our experience was we have a life and we still have a life and we need to be living it it Mm -hmm. was really you know in allowing sam whatever room he needed to grieve and that was really difficult and what i remember one time i just said we still have a life and mm-hmm. I am sorry that this part is hard, but we've been dealing with this for three years. Yeah. yeah. We knew that it was coming and I, you know, not being cold, but no. in a, it, but it's like, it's, it's real. It's yeah. real. Yeah. And we need, yeah. we need to keep moving forward and, and, um, you know, whatever that looks like for you so that you're not stuck here yeah. and you're not stuck in this grief and this, you know, all of these emotions. Yeah. Whatever that looks like, whatever you need from me, like mm-hmm. we need to start doing that and figuring that out because, you know, what does it look like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the in the meantime, we had a, an entire life happen. New yeah. jobs, you know, graduation, yeah. baby. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those like, we have to keep going. We can't mm-hmm. just sit yeah. here. It was hard. Yeah. But. yeah. And on the, that front too with having a baby, having a, a child, I know that, yeah, finding that the both those pieces of news out so close together that that we were going to have that Ernie was going to be joining the family and that dad was terminally sick uh the big fear at first was like was well, he going to make it to to see his granddaughter yeah. and grandchild and 
you know, fortunately he did and had a good few years with her too. Mm-hmm. But you, the way you and Sam handled talking to Ernie about how Pop-Pop isn't going to be around forever, I thought was amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah I, that had to have been such a difficult conversation. But so, yeah, would you mind talking a little bit about that too, about how, you know, Ernie has this relationship with her grandfather now and then it's kind of like okay well and then dad takes this dip and how are you guys like how do we how do we break this to her yeah Yeah. um so i remember thinking about that for a really long time because sam had no idea yeah yeah yeah. you know he was like it's like well you know do we talk about god do we talk about jesus like how do we how do we talk about this stuff and Mm -hmm. and honestly it was a it was a um like a, I don't want to say a crisis of faith, but we had to figure out what we believed about it too in yeah. order to tell a child about it. Yeah, like how do we put in, this to words? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, then, and then figure out how to, you Explain know, take to this big belief <laughs> yeah. system and make it uh, understandable for a two-year-old. And I remember, um, I think it was, it was spring-ish time. It was after um, Sam had been in, back in the hospital, like around April mm. and... Everybody was starting to show up at the house more frequently. And mm-hmm. um, and it was, I was driving home with just me and Ernie, and I was just thinking about it. And I was like, how can she even um, understand this? Mm-hmm. And we had been talking, she loves the show Daniel Tiger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we had talked a lot about doctors. And um, I couldn't tell her, well, he's going to go see, like, a big doctor in the sky because yeah. I didn't want her to be afraid of doctors. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, but she understood at the time what it meant for something to heal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God is a is the great healer and the great physician. And that was something that um, popped into my head. And I said, I think that's something that she would be, she would be able to understand. Mm-hmm. And so I just was praying about it and and talking to her about it and it just kind of came out mm-hmm. and it felt right and it fit um that you, you know. explained to her that the that, that pop-up's going to the healer yeah mm-hmm. so you know we would say well he he went to the doctor and the doctor did everything they could but now he needs to go see the healer and um started talking to her about that ahead yeah, of time keep talking sorry i'll yeah. grab those tissues yeah. that my mama brought <laughs> and um so that she would know and, yeah. and and expect it mm-hmm. and then um um <laughs> we have awesome. a branded yes with a tissue like it. <laughs> um you know so that she would she would know and it wouldn't be scary because one of the things i um had read about was um how do you tell a kid especially yeah. a toddler yeah and um you want to prepare them for big things, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a big trip or a death in the family, you want to yeah. prepare them. And so we just talked a, about it a lot. And then um, when it was finally time, we had her say goodbye about a week ahead of time. Yeah. And then we were able to say that he went to the healer. Mm-hmm. So. And it, it at the time, too, I remember it being right after he had passed, there was this. It was like she got it, like Pop-Pop went to the healer, but the, the, the idea of that permanence of like yeah. once you go to the healer, there's you don't get to see them anymore. Yeah. That, I remember it took, that setting in was a bit of an awkward stage, but now yeah. when she talks about it, she's excited, like Pop-Pop went to the healer, now yeah. he's better. You yeah, know, it took a little bit. And honestly, um, I mean, we he was in earned pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And once once that happened, it helped her understand and she would still ask some questions, but she would know that once he went to the healer, you don't come back and we'll, we'll see him later mm-hmm. um, when it's our turn to go. Yeah. Um, and I think having, we call it his remembering place, mm-hmm. um, having his remembering place to go to um, has helped her immensely understand that this is where he is, but that's not really where he is. Yeah. And so I think that idea of permanency and of being gone, um, you know, she's grasped pretty quickly. So, yeah. yeah I, I just thought that was a, an amazing way to go about it, uh, to put it in a simple term for her to under, to understand that she did understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It really um, did seem to stick. And something that was also going on concurrently with that, Natalie, was that you and Eric were planning your wedding. Yeah, we were. Uh, and so I remember when it kind of, when the... Um, the news came down that was like, 
okay, we're looking at a few months. And it's like, oh, those months turned to weeks that ended up turning into months or whatever. But like, you know, I think initially I heard there was some talk about, well, do we move the wedding up? Yeah, we we had a really um, hard conversation with, with Sam and Trish. And we were talking about, well, what if we had just had a private ceremony and just had it be family? And that was it and had a legit wedding. And then later when we were planning our wedding, then we have just like a mock wedding yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that like he can be present with this um and but at the same time it's not going to be this huge kerfuffle of Mm -hmm. we need to redo everything and Mm -hmm. have all of these things um but when it came down to it like i think sam didn't want to be a part of this in a way that we would remember him in that way um because he he was very like don't he didn't want to look sick. He didn't mm-hmm. want people to see him and for people to feel sorry about what he was going through. And so I thought that if we were to put, if we were to do this for him, um, he would feel like there's unwanted pressure on him and yeah. we're doing all of this for him. And I just didn't think that he'd like that. And so we we talked about it. It was like a brief thing. And um, yeah, we just, we, we said, oh, no, but he will be with us and we will do everything that we can in order to, remember him on the day and um, celebrate him on that day as well. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that was kind of what that looked like. Yeah, Yeah, it was. uh, And so, I mean, I came down to a conversation of like, do we do this? Do we not? But it seems like, like you were saying, it, I feel like it's natural that that question would come up, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. well, we want him to be there. But like you're saying, my mom was talking about too, you know, it's like, if, that's not how he wants to be remembered. And, And to put that sort of on your day of like, this is a beautiful day. Eric's dad's not looking so good. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it would just, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, we wanted to keep the focus on the celebration of what Eric and mm-hmm. I were doing instead of, instead of we're doing this because something tragic has happened. Right. And so, right. yeah, that's, that was really hard. And, but on the day of the wedding, it was actually like, we put up a mem- remembrance table and we really had nice, his picture. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, but that was actually really hard as well because I went on Pinterest. I did research on what can I do in order to remember a loved one. And now it's like, a I don't want to say fad because it's not really mm-hmm. a fad, but it is. It's every Almost a lot of weddings that you go to, you there is something of a remembrance and it can be as big as a slideshow in the middle of the ceremony and it can be something as small as something on a seat and that remembers that person mm-hmm. and so it that was also really hard of oh my gosh am i celebrating him enough am i yeah. putting like we yeah. don't want to ignore the problem but at the same time we don't want the problem to be put up on a pedestal mm-hmm. yeah. so that yeah. was really hard for us to to figure out and we liked the remembrance table because it just the way that we wanted it to look um i had people on my side of the family mm-hmm. i wanted to remember yeah um he had his side of the family that he wanted to remember, mm-hmm. but with both of us, we really wanted to remember Sam. And so yeah, and he had his nice little platform on there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it looked really good right there, right in front where everybody was going to walk by, so everybody could see it. Yeah. It, was, it was really. And nice. we found these really cute. Um, they were hymnals, and so he was stacked upon hymnals. Oh, I don't yeah. think you saw that because we covered yeah. it up, but yeah, it. Yeah. Was, it it was really fitting. Yeah. yeah. And Matt, you did a beautiful speech. I thought that it really, well, at the wedding, you, you oh, talked yeah. about um, about Sam. And I, I really appreciated that because I think something in the end really needed to be said about that. Yeah, I didn't want to dwell on it or anything. And then the mic got passed to like the, D- the DJ and I was like, oh, it's okay. And then Eric's best man, not me, <laughs> uh, uh, was like, didn't you want to give a speech? Get the mic, give him the mic. Oh and I was like, oh. Uh, Okay, but, uh, no, I appreciate that I got that moment to do that. But uh, um, and then I guess with Katie, I don't, I know directly how we worked together. Yeah. In it, but for for you being in this newer relationship with with me when this all went down, mm-hmm. um, and then as my dad was getting really sick and and it with you and I like most of the, those last few months was us being like, all right, let's figure out what days we can make it up to Caldwell. Yeah. Um, you know how is it going to work and stuff and so for you having a lot of your schedule kind of then also like you know from my point of view you just kind of jumped right in like yes let's do this this day works like we were very much a a team in it which i really really appreciated Mm -hmm. um but for you going into that was it like an intuitive thing of like or not intuitive but like (laughs) did you have that instinctual like yeah like we're in this 
together sort yeah. of a thing or like uh, was it or was there some of that sense of like sacrifice too of like okay I, I have to put my things on halt too right now well I think um, I think I'm really lucky the the Stone family has been just the most wonderful loving family and like I, I'm closer yeah. to the Stone family than I am to my own family that lives in Idaho so like yeah. I, I think that was a big motivation for it was like I'm not going out of obligation I'm going because like this is my family too you know yeah, there was yeah. that sort of connection there um, and I, I do think because um, I, I've been really blessed in my in my family in my extended family I've lost a couple like great grandmas who like were you know over 100 years old and like Great grandma. Yeah, your family lives a long time. Yeah, great grandma Nadine. She is a lovely human being, and she passed when she was like 105 years old. Oh my so God. she lived a great life. I got to meet yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. she's fantastic. Wow. She was really cool. Um, but yeah, like, I, except for my grandpa on my dad's side who passed before I was even born, um, there just hasn't been much death in my family. So I've been really blessed in that regard. So this was like the first time that I was really faced with that sort of uh, concept of mortality and like dealing with, you know, um, death and loss in like such a significant way. So um, I, I do think uh, we, when it came down to like he was in his last few months of living, it was very much like I needed to be there too. Yeah. Um, not not only just for you, but also like you know it was because it was your important family to too. Me. Yeah, it was, it was my family too. And and uh, at the time, I was definitely going through other mental health struggles too. So it was kind of like I was really buckling down and like just kind of like figure out the basics like we're we're really gonna just you know we make sure we feed the pets at, at home at <laughs> yeah. a certain time uh -huh. or like if yeah. we can't then jen can and that you know we could be out with the family as much as possible and then show up to work when i need to be there and other than that it was like yeah. nothing else I, I cut out all of my social life for that time and like really cut back on you know doing those sorts of extracurricular activities because I was just like no this is the important stuff we need to do this yeah. so um, Jen yeah. Jen for all our listeners is our duplex neighbor who and is wonderful she's <laughs> a lovely human being but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she gave us a dishwasher <laughs> the <did>. other day <laughs> um, but that's a good point too and uh, that I mean basically before any of you were like officially a part of the family mm -hmm. uh you know you just have been a part of the family like i, I think our unit has always been a very much like you're in you're in come on yeah, in. Totally. um but i definitely think coming out of all of this after my dad passed after the dust kind of settled i i personally feel closer to you guys and everybody mm -hmm. um for having to gone gone through all of that yeah i think and we're really lucky too because i don't think a lot of families necessarily always have that mm -hmm. sort of a relationship after a death there's a, there's normally a lot of struggle or strife and yeah, People and I know that there's, fight. you know, so for me, what I've noticed, too, is, like, when you're in things like grief or, and honestly, any emotion, um, the people who get to really see that emotion are the people we're closest to, usually. Mm -hmm. if, if I'm yeah, angry, definitely. I'm not maybe, like, I'm not going to be angry at you, Katie, but, yeah. like, I will not hide that I'm angry yeah. around you yeah. where I might if I'm out about with people I'm not as familiar with. Yeah. And so, and obviously, when you're going through something like this, like, it's a roller coaster, and, like you're saying, like, dad was like you're, you know your family too and and stuff and so how, how the in the aftermath where as the dust was settling and and we're seeing that pure emotion from all of us mm -hmm. um what sort of like i know for us like because i'm i'm also just a talker so i'm like this is how i'm <laughs> feeling and i need to say it yeah or that's good that's, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how you process it it's yeah good. but yeah. I, I i don't know if, if sam and eric are really the same but in that regard but as far as like you were like you were saying natalie like that the the relationship how do we have a relationship now that this isn't the main thing hanging over us mm -hmm. um and that you're getting to see these sort of really the whatever eric's feeling i'm sure that it's just out and mm -hmm. sam sam the same way i, yeah. I don't know he's a big feeler yeah 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 <laughs> i think you guys are We're all a bunch big of feelers yeah. <laughs> uh, which is a good thing and i think yeah. i do think though that this experience was difficult because it was it was so painful and um it was hard to process especially mm -hmm. in the middle of just you know where we were in life and i think sam for as big of a feeler as he is, um, he just didn't want to talk about it a lot. And yeah. so, you know, I knew he was feeling it and I knew he was and I knew he was processing in his, his own way. Um, I know he spent, especially in the the first couple weeks and months, he spent a lot of of days up, you know, at the cemetery mm -hmm. and yeah. visiting dad and mm -hmm. 
and he'd go and talk to his dad at lunch or or after work or something and um but he didn't want to talk a lot about it and then you know it would kind of bubble over and he would say something like i just miss my dad yeah. You're like, what was that? Okay, wait, but, okay. Let's go with that. Once the door gets cracked, it's like, all right, all right, what, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what, what can I do? How can I help? And, you know, I think for me, I've had to kind of get used to, that's not how he wants to process this experience. Yeah. And, you know, that that is hard because I want to help and I right. I want to help yeah. fix it and yeah. like let's just fix this and move on yeah. yeah and that's not that's not grief and that's not yeah. his experience with grief mm-hmm. and um so that you know just finding that balance and and I have found that there have been a few times where I have pushed too hard yeah. and that's okay you know right. you gotta find I out found, where the boundary is <laughs> yeah. I now know that's the boundary yeah um but I think you know, we've kind of gotten into a good place where, you know, he can say, I miss my dad. And I'll know that that, you know, might mean way more than just those few words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't, you know, and that's how I can be supportive is just to listen to it, yeah. you know, when he says that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I would yeah. think that would be the same for you and me. It's like any time that you had those opportunities that you really wanted to, you know, just sort of vent about how angry you were at cancer or, you know, how upset you were with um, losing your dad and stuff. It was normally just sort of being that listening ear was. Yeah, well, because it is, you know, the, it's, it, at least the most and the least I could do. Like it it was, you know, what what needed to happen. Yeah. And because it, it's wild, you know, like you'll be going on and being like processing. And then it's just like, yeah, that something bubbles up or bubbles over mm-hmm. or something. And uh, yeah, Natalie, what, what was your experience with that, too, is sort of being like uh, finding that that way to communicate with each other about like, okay, this is where to, how to, how to deal with processing that grief, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty similar on what you guys are talking about. Um, it's, Eric is a very special human being (laughs) and, um, he being the third born for those of you who understand type A, type B, Mm -hmm. type third born people. Um, (laughs) he just does not, he doesn't, I, he wanted to process it, but not yet. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. I think kind of what Jessica was saying where I'm, it's, I think it's the teacher quality in us where we're like, yep, we want to do this and uh-huh. we want to be three steps ahead of this and we want to just get it done with because yeah. yep, we're just going to do it. Yeah. Um, but Eric was not ready and... And, like, we had distractions in our lives. So, like, we got married mm-hmm. th- four months four months later. Mm-hmm. And then we started our lives together. And it wasn't until about February when we sat down. And I just, I was talking to Eric. And he said something about, like, like I miss my dad. Or mm-hmm. just something processing-wise. And that's when we really started talking about it. And so, well talking about it kind of um right because like, right. you're developing you a can. way uh, it's almost not only language in it itself but you kind of like you were saying when sam says like i miss my dad you know that there's meaning behind yeah that sort of and stuff I, yeah i think for you know my experience is that as soon as you start talking about it it can feel better at the end of it but it is so painful to rip that open yeah, yeah. and yeah. to to deal with whatever it is that you are feeling that you don't have words for yet. And as a spouse or a significant other, um, to, you know, want to help, we're not going to be able to catch all of those when they start spilling out. You know, our hands are going to get full and overflowing and, Mm -hmm. and we're not going to be able to catch it. And, and really there's nothing to do with it. Um, other than to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And just, it sounds like patience, you know, just be like, okay, like, life's going to keep moving we're going to keep figuring this how we're going to communicate this grief together and stuff but yeah having that sort of understanding seems like huge i think one thing that was kind of a turning point for us was um you know sam wasn't wanting to talk about his dad a whole lot and and i just said you know ernie doesn't have little papa anymore Mm -hmm. you have to be that to her you have Mm -hmm. to share that Mm-hmm. And that helped a ton. Yeah. 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 I think that's one of the things that I, I was really kind of surprised by when we started, like, really researching grief for this podcast was that talking about it can really 
help in that way, but also remembering positive experiences with that person is huge. So even just like sharing stories like that with Ernie can really help the grieving person feel you know, more comfortable with their grief. I think I think Sam gets upset, and I get upset that her whole experience was him being sick. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Her entire experience, and a lot of ours too, mm-hmm. as you know, the significant others. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew Sam for a little bit before before the rediagnosis, but um, you know, was still developing my relationship with my father-in-law, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> still yeah, getting right. to know each other. Yeah, and, yeah, and um. But that was her whole experience, and, you know, I just, I said to Sam, you know, you know more than than I do, than she does, and mm-hmm. that's what she's going to remember. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not going to remember that he was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not going to remember maybe even what he looked like, mm-hmm. because what she will what she will remember as she gets older is the pictures that she sees and, and the stories that you tell her, and that is how you can best you know, best remember him, best deal with this this grief yeah. is is by um, almost shaping the memory that you want to have of that person, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. What do you totally. want her to know about him? Um, that's what we need to focus on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's really big. That's really big and, and really cool. And like something I guess I hadn't even really put together is that is how you keep that memory alive. And, and Sam has the opportunity there to, to sort of shape that memory. Yeah. With those memories, because I and I, I think about it too. Now that now that he's passed, I'm like I I have to stop my. I mean I I have nothing negative to say about my dad, but I'm like not everything he touched turned to gold. I mean you know yeah, he's like yeah. it's a, a boring goofy dad most of the time, <laughs> you know. But like I I, I remember like I over fond make like the memories yeah. I have like the biggest like oh that was a beautiful uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> I just think of all the wisdom or something he shared and stuff. But like that's a nice thing to be able to share. Yeah. You yeah. know is like. Uh, and that was her experience, I guess, with with Grandpa for the time she had. Was that, yeah, just a, loved a, loved him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, one thing that I've noticed going through, um, now I mean we're almost a year out since he passed in in August, um, and so I noticed that thing of like. For me, and I, I have the thing of like, well, every week I talk with my mom about my feelings and about <laughs> like uh, grief and about all these things. And so there's that outlet, but that I'll get into a routine and then things will go up and they'll go down and they'll go up. And it's almost like at this point for myself, even I'm like, it's been a damn year. Like, <laughs> when is this going to just be consistent? Um, and I know like, you know, I share it with Katie when I, when I can, but there are times where I just don't want to talk about it, you know, yeah. just because it's just what it's like, it's like, I've had this feeling before. It'll come, it'll go. I don't need yeah. to talk about it Just every give time. It space and to be give there. it space, let it be there, um, and stuff. But has that something that you guys have also experienced where it's like you kind of get your routine going and then it's like, oh, a little bit of a speed bump or just um is that all kind of just a part of that whole new life that we're still forming now? Yeah. I think um with us our our high was our wedding, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. And as like what I was saying earlier when Eric like he kind of wanted to process it but it kind of also he didn't and it resulted in things that that really has brought us to a really bad low and mm-hmm. st- stuff that's really hard to deal with your first year of marriage um we and we're now just actually just today we just dealt with it and we got him therapy finally where he's talking to somebody um we think that he's developed some sort of ocd where Mm. he we've he would tell me um i think i'm dying i think that him and i have talked about that too and and we had an episode on uh sorry i didn't mean i'm so sorry i'm so sorry that's so rude i'm sorry uh but about health anxiety yeah uh, and about how losing uh just because we talked about on the episode episode with my mom that like losing someone especially to this thing that they were like your dad had a rare form of cancer it's like well what rare shit's living in me yeah right exactly yeah Yeah. so for like um in January, the, that was probably the first time where it happened where um, I was in the middle of work and he called me one day and he's like, hey, I'm really not doing so well. I need you to go to the doctor with me. I think I'm dying. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wonderful. We've been dating less than a month and yeah. or not dating. I'm being married for less than a month and my husband's dying. Yeah. Wonderful. Let's go do this. And yeah. so that was like 
that part and then it would dull off for a little bit and then something similar where he'd call me and he'd say we need to go to the doctor right now i think yeah. i'm dying um so you guys really started your marriage in the deep end of the pool yeah we did um yeah. and just it started around may um every once in a while turned into every day where he it was yeah. it was either a mole on his back or it was really something. weird bumps on something else and mm-hmm. just it it turned into a a time where I felt guilty, but I was, I got really mad at him because in my, I, again, like I'm, I've grieved, I'm ready. I'm, I'm here for you whenever mm. you're ready, but you're mm. not ready. And in fact, you're getting worse. You're not yeah. helping yourself right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was really hard for me. Um, and like we were sitting down actually a week ago with my mom, who's a psychologist and she was talking about OCD and how the it's not really he's afraid of dying, but mm-hmm. he's afraid of, and in his own words, he's afraid of um, being stuck to a catheter in his bed and watching the game show network, if that <laughs> sounds familiar Very to familiar. everybody. Yeah. Um, and so it's not really him dying, but he's afraid of being of sick. That. I mean, yeah, yeah totally, totally. Yeah. And so ha- having this... Like you were saying, it, it it's just one of those things where you're like, this is a a a shock to to where I anticipated our, our marriage starting yeah. or starting this life together. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you guys, what's been that sort of process of of having to, finding that patience with each other and um, like you were saying that that now I'm because I've talked to him a bit about it too, and uh, you know I think having that support of you there too and saying like. And now, you know, and I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I've uh, talked about it on the show a ton. Um, but and now that he's into the, you know, going into that, like, so taking those steps together mm-hmm. to be like, all right, we're, we're starting off on not, you know, we're not on cloud nine. right? <laughs> yeah. um, that's got that's got to be yeah really hard to, to deal with because you don't know what to even expect your first year of anything yeah. like that and, and stuff. But um, so. So now, you know, do you kind of just, do you feel like you have sort of this like, I don't know, like a way of just approaching these things as they come along kind of? Well, we, well, he went to the doctor and he's getting anxiety and uh, medication for it now. And so that's really been helping him. Um, We talked a lot about why he's or what what's causing his anxiety and what does he tell himself when he has anxiety oh, and so that sounds um, familiar over here yeah. too <laughs> yeah that's really and, good yeah and so we talked about like okay so what are some things some basic things that you can do in order to help your anxiety and with OCD um because I've done my own research um it's all about you need to break the cycle because the cycle is obsession, 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 and then the compulsion just brings you down. And so mm-hmm. for him, it's mm-hmm. either I need to go see a doctor right now or I'm going to look on WebMD and see if I'm actually dying, which that's, yeah, never, that's never, never a good never thing. Check that out. Never. Um, and Bad so idea. we need to find things that are going to help break his cycle. And yeah. so we... We talked about, okay, well, it can't just be normal things. What about, um, the what they say is that you need to find something that's the opposite of what you have anxiety for. Mm-hmm. And so if he's having anxiety about being sick, let's figure out some things that make you feel healthy. And so yeah. we had a, like a basic thing, something that he can work on and do if he's having anxiety when he's at work, mm-hmm. um, or if he's in a big public space something that's not going to be like hey look at me everyone i'm having an anxiety attack um and i'm gonna be doing something really weird right now Uh um and then we found a um a moderate thing something that's like kind of more heavy but also it doesn't bring attention to yourself and then we found a very intensive like thing that he can do to make himself feel healthy and so we and then we wrote him down on his phone and so every time that he looks at me and he's like i'm i'm feeling anxiety um we actually just got back from the beach and he had a moment where he's like i'm just feeling anxiety and i was like okay go to your list what are you gonna do you gotta (laughs) do something and so that really it's only been a week but it's it's a process and so like where you've started talking about stuff Mm. um back in november with your mom um, we're now, it's funny, I've been listening to your podcasts back in November, <laughs> and we're now just starting that starting cycle. That. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, the highs and lows kind of as the support person yeah. in this, you know, kind of circle that we mm-hmm. have going on. Um, and I think for me, it was a lot easier to separate myself from 
the experience, which um, I think was good in that I was able to be a lot more supportive of my husband in the middle of all of this stuff because Mm -hmm. I was kind of able to separate myself. But, you know, like I teared up talking about how we talked with Ernie about the healer. It hits me Mm -hmm. unexpectedly, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Even thinking about this, you know, knowing that we were going to come here and have this conversation, I was like, okay, you know, what what did grief think or what did grief feel like for me in this process? And it really is unexpected because I think... You know, the relationship, for one, was different. And I do think that that makes a huge difference. Um, None of us knew him nearly as long as Mm -hmm. his family, you know, Mm -hmm. which I also think makes a difference because, you know, that changes your relationship that you've built with that person. And 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 like I said, for me, it was easier to separate myself in the middle of everything, Mm -hmm. which I think, you know, for better or worse, um, made it a little bit easier to grieve some of that. And then. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, it still, um, still struggle, still strikes me. Yeah, at yeah. kind of weird, random times, totally. and it's, yeah. it's usually um, when I think about Ernie. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. 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 But I think I'm building off of that. So I'm I'm a music educator around uh-huh. here, and your dad was a music educator, and so I really got a chance to bond with him over that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, li- like what Jessica said, I'm I'm not much of a crier i i grieve and i think about it and i move on and i have but i have these moments every once in a while where i just i find myself tearing up and so what that reminded me um this last year i worked at an elementary school and i had about five minutes in my kindergarten class that i got it to i got to wipe out somehow and so Mm -hmm. i thought of um, and they were just really sluggish, my kids. And um, I thought of your dad's song that he used to do with his band, the, oh, the Alive uh, the Awake Alert. Jacks. Yeah, the yeah. Alive Awake Alert Enthusiastic. And so uh-huh. I just out of pure, like was not planning this at all, yeah. I taught that to them and I put motions to it and I and they loved it and they got them all rejuvenated up and it was really, really, really cool. Yeah, they loved it. That is really and so, cool. I had this moment where I was looking at them and they're all doing jumping jacks and fun stuff and singing this song. And I'm like, and in the back of my head, I just remember saying, thank you, Sam. Thank you. Yeah. For That's really cool. That. That's a really cool way to, 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 to keep some of those things that he was known for uh, alive. Yeah. Yeah. He, was a, he was a marching band instructor. And anytime we would just be sluggish, it's like, all right, we're doing happy jacks. And everyone, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like you were saying, Jess, too, about the, uh, um, it popping up, coming over here today, thinking about grief, you know, it just like, and it, I don't know, I, I really had those feelings got brought back up for me about of just kind of like how it felt being there in that moment of, mm-hmm. I remember uh, it was on Mother's Day um, that, that we took my mom out and then the three of you uh, stayed with my dad mm-hmm. and how much that meant to us, but also it was just that thing of like, um, I, I just had that same feeling of like that work, you know, like I was just brought back to those memories of like that worry of like, oh, what if something happens? Like when they're watching, like that would be awful or yeah. uh, and just all these things. But it also just I don't know, it, it reminded me, too, of just how much um, kind of like what you're saying, Natalie, about like how now where you and Eric are at in your marriage of of, of stuff like knowing that, like having you guys in general and Katie having you there, it's like knowing that that you all have like our backs and stuff. Like I know that brings my relationship stronger with all of you mm-hmm. and brings our relationship, Katie, like stronger too. And like, just knowing that's like, oh, I can be at my lowest and my partner's gonna help me get, you know, we're gonna do this together. Yeah. And that brings yeah. so much confidence and faith into a relationship that mm-hmm. like, sure. uh, it's like, okay, I can, I can be suffering. Uh, and I know that I'm not gonna be like, no one's gonna, like, you're not gonna leave me yeah. <laughs> or, uh, or yet, but yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Um, but just, I don't know, having that, but like, yeah, just like those memories pop up out of nowhere kind of a thing. So even just thinking about it today, it just like, I had this like heftiness mm-hmm. that I felt of just like, that was a crappy time. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's funny because I don't remember that Mother's Day at all. Um, I, I do. You yeah. do? Yeah. yeah. We sat, everybody had a chair. Mm-hmm. I was in the blue chair and you, I think, were on the other side in and one of I the was like, on kitchen the chairs. Yeah. yeah, and we just—I think we watched like the game show, game show yeah. like the yeah. whole time. I um, do not remember. Oh, that I, learned, at I all. learned about so many old celebrities <laughs> watching yeah. that game show network. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think um, because you guys lived in Boise and you guys lived in Nampa at that time, um, 
Eric and I were living at that house for a while. When, yeah, yeah. So I, it's funny that you're saying all these memories because I don't, I, I don't remember just, you, them you were, because we were surviving at that moment. I was just gonna yeah. say that, like yeah. it was, it was just in the middle of it, and you yeah. just have to make it one day to the yeah. next. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you were talking about times when. Um, you were making plans to get to the house and see Sam. And I, and on the opposite side of that, I remember making times to get Eric out of the house so yeah. that he could have some time by himself. Because yeah. there was a point where, like, I, you know when you look at somebody, but they do not look like the same person that yeah. you think that oh, they well, are? Oh, that, well, that's and like so, what my mom was saying, too, is, like, during that time, it, her and Eric, I mean, living at that house, too, It's you're on a boat. You're yeah. on a boat, and there is life outside of the boat. But your life is in that boat. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like you, I don't know. It's like, a, I don't know, delirium. I don't know what it is, but you yeah. kind of get into this routine. I remember talking to my mom, like every time I, we'd come over, mm -hmm. uh, she'd be like, he, does he look different? Dad look different? Because like, she's like, <laughs> it just looks all the same to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'd actually like, I remember looking at towards you guys, the, the, person, the other people that would come, because I remember there was a while, a good couple months when um, I worked at Starbucks and so I'd wake up at three in the morning and I'd work at Starbucks until nine or ten and then I'd go straight to Caldwell and I'd be there until nine or ten and mm -hmm. then I'd go to bed and then do the same thing over and over and over again and yeah. so I just being I was an outsider but we were living in that and so it was this weird like trying to help Eric and talk about be having a relationship put on pause at that moment oh, because totally. we needed to we just weren't moving anywhere but that mm -hmm. that's what needed to happen yeah. and so it was it was really rough but that's funny that you guys are talking about those memories because i have no yeah. recollection of it yeah. probably <laughs> all bleeds together yeah, your brain. yeah probably all yeah. just a big a big, big yeah. jumble i don't know about you guys but this summer like this feels like the first summer i've had in a while oh i felt the same exact way like yeah. i i have notoriously bad like seasonal depression like mm -hmm. winter is just super hard for me probably because you know i grew up on the coast so it's like <laughs> it's always temperate <laughs> um yeah but uh so like this past uh spring once it like started the flower started coming out and the weather started warming up i was like i felt like i'd been in winter for like a year and a half yeah oh, def like, definitely yeah it just it felt like the longest winter but it was all because we we spent all summer inside at that mm -hmm. house talking talk I about yeah think, the, i was just thinking about that on the way over here i yeah. you know i'm dealing with my own stresses right now yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah this yeah, summer new yeah. homeowner yeah. but <laughs> i just was thinking about how this time last year we yeah. were there you know all day every day if we could be yeah you know? yeah and at this point and last year we were right in the middle of the heavy parts yeah and so i just was like wow that this is stressful but it's nothing compared to what that what last summer was because yeah, yeah. i find know, we I, were just making it we yeah. just had to i find myself comparing yeah comparing stress all the time now i'm like i made it through that <laughs> that sucked this also sucks but I know I can make it through kind of a thing. It's yeah. different, suck. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say it's like almost on a whole nother level. Like there there was there was such a like importance around like being there and being yeah. a part of it that it like nothing else mattered because it just couldn't compare. Well and and what's so funny is we didn't do anything. Yeah. I mean Sam mm -hmm. was sick and yeah, couldn't we just do sat anything. Around. We just yeah. sat around and we talked and we occasionally drank and like yeah. Yeah. and and that was it. But that was enough and that mm -hmm. was more than what we needed I mm -hmm. think I mean I think that's exactly what everybody needed was just to be together and yeah. to be there right because mm -hmm. there's like a hopelessness of like there's not or not hopelessness but there's this like feeling of like I, there's nothing I can do to change the situation yeah. so at yeah. least being close yeah is all I can do yeah, yeah. yep um so one thing also I wanted to know as we kind of um as kind of a, a little cap on this is if if there was one sort of piece of maybe not advice but something that really advice or something that sticks out to you of something that's uh, an important um, thing to, to do if you have a partner who's who's going through some sort of grieving um, situation or, or, or mm -hmm. death or something like that like what's one thing that sticks out to you as a, a good um, kind of hold steady um, I think that just the awareness that grief is not done the same way through mm -hmm. everybody totally. and so being having an open mind of this is how I do it, but this might not be how you do it. And that's okay. You're not grieving the wrong way because yeah. you're not doing it the way that I'm doing it. Um, like, yeah, going back to Eric, I 
I would have loved it if he started this process earlier, but he didn't. And it's not his fault. It's just how he did it. It's not and right so, or wrong. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just the way that and, the dice rolls. And I, it, there just came to be a point where I... I found myself just pushing him mm-hmm. too hard to either focus on the future or focus on on our future yeah. or mm-hmm. just like you gotta grieve. Come on, we can do it. Come I on, know bud. I have Yeah, come <laughs> on, you can do this. And I just I, I had to tell myself that I needed to stop and when he's ready I'm here and when he's ready I know the resources and I, I've yeah. done all the things that I could possibly do and so also I'm not doing anything wrong if my partner's not grieving the, yeah the, good point yeah good it's point. not on you yeah, yeah it's not my fault because my partner's not grieving yeah. um or or not showing it in the way that you, you would expect. expect yeah that's yeah. right yeah. and so yeah it's yeah, so that's that's what I would say is that grief is different for everybody, and it's it's not your fault if if it's not done the way that you the think. way that you think. That's great. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. I think the takeaway for me, I mean, I, the first comment today was I, I during this time I really just wanted to be selfish. Mm-hmm. There was a lot going on for us, and and I think my takeaway. Um, you know, through illness, but then also through grief, is that it's not about you mm-hmm. um as the as the partner um of someone who has lost someone close to them it's it's not about me mm-hmm. it's about them it's about him it's about us but it's not about me and i think um sometimes when we're looking for those ways that our partner's grieving um those are really how we want them to be doing that. And, mm-hmm. and I think that was just the big takeaway for me was it's not about me. This this time of our lives is not about me. Mm-hmm. And it's in, you know, whatever we need to do to get to the point where it can't be about me again. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly um, though. Yeah. Then let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, just kidding. Not kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think I think that was – that's kind of been my big takeaway and, and just – you know, being, yeah. doing, being and doing whatever we need to do. Yeah. So. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, I mean, both of those are like really solid. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've learned a lot from this conversation. So thank you both mm-hmm. uh, for your perspectives. Um, I, I think the biggest for me with Matt was uh, just, I, you I know. I can leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, just like being a listening ear and, uh, you know, having those opportunities where when you feel sad, asking you directly, like, is are you grieving right now? And then like, you know, talking about positive memories and, you know, just sort of going through those normal sort of talking points to like, either if you feel comfortable drawing it out or, you know, if you need a distraction, like giving you space to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was definitely a big thing for us. It, it was also, um, I don't know, it was my first experience with grief too. So like, I, I didn't have anything to compare it to. So I think in a lot of ways, we were kind of going through it together. Like yeah. we had very different relationships with sure, your dad. Sure, yeah, yeah. But it was something that we sort of, we traversed that together for sure. And so yeah. I think a lot of times uh, it was kind of a back and forth. Like and I think I, you helped me a lot and I you know, did my best to try and help you yeah, in those situations. And I think that's something that I, w- that I would say is sub- like what I would, what I loved uh, about having that from you and that from what I saw from like everybody is, is kind of what I was saying earlier of like, to me, the most important thing or the, the most, the best part of, or I don't know the best part when, you know, the, the, the thing that was most yeah. important to me, it was knowing that I had somebody who, who could be low with me like that, or yeah. that, mm-hmm. that could, um, that I didn't feel like I was doing something wrong by being just in, in whatever the, I was feeling that day, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, that like okay this person has my back like that and that just that support system is mm-hmm. huge to yeah. to have i think the other takeaway is uh therapy is great everyone should go to therapy <laughs> if they have access I, honestly yeah if you have access i mean yeah we definitely said it on the show before having somebody whose like sole relationship is just to hear your problems and then you go home and you don't see them ever yeah and you don't have any emotional attachment to them yeah. you know or like how they're going to perceive it. it's 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 and if it's the right person because so, mm-hmm. you know like just like medication or anything you, sometimes it takes unfortunately like a couple tries to see if like to find someone that fits yeah. right for you but yeah. uh, have you have you guys ever talked uh, about um psychology today oh i i love psychology today. i don't know i've quoted a few things from there on some of the, the stuff i've learned so i i love psychology today and that's something that like when i found my therapist to talk about 
And um, when we found Eric's therapist, we went through Psychology Today. And I like them because you can search through your insurance Mm -hmm. and you can like go in and if you have like Blue Cross, like around here we have Blue Cross Blue Shield. Mm -hmm. And so we can say, oh, I have this insurance. And then it'll give you all the list of people who accept your insurance. And then they will um, specify by what you were, what, what, problems what things you need to talk about and that's helpful and then also when you click on somebody they give you like bios of what they what they like or what they're like and Mm. and then you can i like that because it's not it's shopping but it's not like it's just not the stress of okay i've gone to now these three places and i'm not liking it and it's like shopping in the comfort of your own home exactly and something i would say on that too is um you know if if you're somebody who doesn't have um, insurance or something, and but you do feel like you you need to seek help uh, or that that you could really benefit from it. Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but in the the show notes uh, for this episode, I'll put some links to some uh, helpful resources to for uh, really affordable mental health care mm-hmm. because like we were talking about on I think last week's episode too is like uh, you know you can see someone's broken bone, but you can't really see someone's like broken brain, <laughs> and yeah. so yeah. a lot of those things. But they still need a- addressing the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll put some links in there to the to those things. But um, yeah, thank all of you so much for for coming onto this show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really really appreciate it, and this has been a really enlightening conversation for yeah. me. So thank you. That's really yeah. cool. Um, I think it's interesting seeing how we all went through the the same experience, but not all in the same way yeah so exactly. that's funny all of our to me. perspectives are so different mm-hmm. on yeah yeah, yeah. and sure. everyone had so many things different things going on uh yeah. while, right well we were in the heart of all of that yeah. mm-hmm. um so we end these episodes with giving ourselves a goal for the week okay <laughs> you are not excluded okay uh <laughs> be held accountable to that yeah, uh i mean honor system so you know. <laughs> uh, yeah i'll i you know uh there's sometimes there's basic as like my mom's one one week was like, I'm not going to have a goal. That's my goal. So like, oh, all right. That works. Uh, I was thinking about mine uh, today just because I've gotten, sometimes I get in a good habit of like waking up when I intend to wake up. But then like, you know, I've been hitting that snooze lately. So my goal for this week is when my alarm goes off, I'm going to get up and mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. You know, see how it goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. That's a good one. Um, I think, so I'm going to make mine a little bit bigger. Eric and I are making a, a year goal of, it's a treat yourself year. Oh, yes. nice. And so we've been doing, like talking about therapy. Um, I've been seeing a chiropractor, like doing the things that, because we have spent so long taking care of other people that mm-hmm. we haven't spent time taking care of ourselves. And so this year, um, we've decided that we're going to take care of ourselves and do what we need to for mental health and for physical yeah. health and yeah. stuff like that. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. what we've been doing. Cool. Big goal. Yeah, it's yeah. a big goal. And I don't know the next time I'm going to be on here. So that's my that's my year yeah, goal. So we'll check, we'll check in. We'll check yeah. in in a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jess? Um, I think my goal would just be, um, I kind of mentioned it. I have a lot going on right now. Yeah. I think um, just – Taking it as it comes and yeah. not freaking out. Try yeah. really hard to just be mindful that, you know, me worrying about it, me stressing out about this is not going to change anything mm-hmm. other yeah. than me, Preaching you know, and my yeah. attitude about it and my actions towards other people. So yeah. I think just my goal will be just to be more mindful yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great awesome. one. Yeah. Um, my goal is a little bit more short term, uh, but like this week I – I'm in week three of starting my new job mm-hmm. and my best friend's in town. So <laughs> I've been very busy doing a lot balance. of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and having a hard time finding that balance. Um, and I just haven't spent that much time at home. So I'm looking forward to, I get the fourth, fifth, and then the weekend off. That's right. So I'm looking forward to sort of marathoning as long as I can and then just enjoying a nice long weekend. Nice. So, that's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. a, yeah. yeah. That's Love my, that. That's my goal. Good goal. Thanks. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, we would love to hear from you. Um, if you have any experience yourself with, with being a partner in grief or, or what helped you while you're grieving with, with, uh, with your partner, um, you could reach out to us at dealingwithitpod at gmail.com. I promise I'll read your emails. I've been a little slack on that. but <laughs> No, yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> another yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, read emails. That's also my goal. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> But we sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. It really does mean the world. And um, 
just thank you. Uh, you can find us on any of the social media outlets on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. If you just look up Dealing With It podcast, uh, we'll pop up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can reach us there as well. Uh, you can find us on the Ease Drop podcast network. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's a, a ton of variety of shows here. Uh, if you like uh, the sound of my voice, but with more cussing, you can go over to uh, <laughs> Genuine Wrestle Boys podcast, uh, a general um, uh appreciation for the love of, of professional wrestling it helps but you don't have to um there's uh, overbooked is a great um like uh book club podcast that does not require any work on your part as the listener um there's what's the the 30 something what's that one? Oh, never better never, never better. better is mm-hmm. on there uh there's... i need to start listening to that since i'm gonna be 30 in like a year <laughs> yeah yeah um and yeah, the eavesdrop podcast uh, yeah. permanent time off there's either anything if you have a, a general interest in anything you might uh, find something that suits your fancy but um yeah you can find that at ease-drop.com uh, there's also a link to that in the the notes for the show here too but most importantly, just thank you so much for listening. Uh, my mom will be back next week to talk about uh, New York. Yeah. She's having a wonderful time, by the way. I know, yeah. getting getting those updates. She you know. got the Statue of Liberty visit today. Uh-huh. Yeah, she did. Yeah. 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 Uh, on the Today Show. Yeah, yeah she so. did. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, thank you so much. And we will check back in with you next week. Nobody leave me hanging on this last part. And until then, we'll just keep dealing, dealing with, with it. it. <laughs>